This is a stand that uh, Carl and I hung new right at the base of this ridge. And I lay out our, our uh, top hit list, our top 10% of the deer that we're going to shoot. What's going on, everybody? Mike Stadler here. Carl Becky with you. The Obsession Podcast back at you this year. Uh, got a question that came in to me here. Actually, last week, one of my buddies. Hmm. Food plot mistakes. Oh, Jesus. Huh? I told you you're going to love this one. Well, there's a lot. <laughs> Food plot mistakes. Are we talking about our experiences or? Yeah, I mean, in general, you know, basically what what have we done that we regret? Um, what do we see people do? Here's on small properties. This is not. This is the number one mistake, and Mike and I both made it last year. Because we thought we had some good ideas, and it turns out it was not great ideas. The number one mistake I see on small properties where guys are actually trying to lay their property out and manage for deer. They put too much food in. Too much food. Too much food and <coughs> wrong types of food. We didn't do that one, but we did the too much food. Too much, yep. So we can talk about each one of our experiences. I'll let you start with yours, what we did last year, and then I'll tell everybody about So, mine. yeah, I say, first bullet point, I'll say. Bullet so, point. too much food. Um, I did it here. Um, if you've been following us, um, watching us, we changed up my property here last year. Started in, I think, March. Yep. Maybe even February. You might have been starting marking things out. That's what we did. Um, Adding in, I have a seven acre tillable field basically mm -hmm. in front of where my wood line starts. So normally it's corn. Mm -hmm. um, so we decided this year we we're going to put three small kill plots, we call them, the one um, inside, which I, you know, kill plot, plots. What would you say they were? They were, they were uh, corn of 40 yards by 50 yards. They were probably eighth acre. You know? Yeah. yeah. So shootable. Yes. The whole plot shoot yeah, is yeah. what we say. So we put three of those in. Um, put, I think one had different, a little bit different mix in it. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, we're uh, brassicas. brassicas, some turnips, mm -hmm. um, then winter rye over top yep. to fill. Um, did they work for deer in them? Yes. There was deer in those plots every morning, every night, in the afternoons, segregated our deer. Which is a positive. Which is one thing we talk about a lot that we wanted. Yep. Um, negatives. Completely changed the movement on the property um, in the 100% wrong direction that we wanted. Correct. Um, made morning entry almost impossible. Mm -hmm. um, changed buck movement Big time. changed buck um, I guess you want to say bucks staying yes on the property where they normally did yeah so the positives way outweighed the neg you know the negatives were or with negatives outweighed the positives I should say yes. I'm backwards there but it, it was a horrible idea looked great yep. it was cool looking we got it done. Mm -hmm. You know, new stand locations, too much food. 
too much. You know, didn't take into account everything else that we affected, which is one thing I think you got to look at with a food plot. 100%. You affect everything around it. As soon as you change your food and your deer movement uh, from bed to food, it changes every structure and aspect on your property. And even if it, what you think is small, can affect hugely like it did on Mike's. My place, also, on Mike's biggest, biggest thing, like you said, the bucks weren't staying on the property. Why? Because we had too many does on the property. Yeah. So you had all the does bedding on the property, and we talked about depth of cover constantly. And the, so the does are bedding on Mike's property. Like you said, it's a 40. And, you know, all the food, again, is in the front, so you think that depth of cover would cover it, but it didn't because we had that many does bedding. Yeah. And the bucks were off the property. <clears throat> For that, Mike shot one really good poking young deer. Mm -hmm. And of the five or six we had pictures of, Five of them got killed. Five of them were dead. And so four of those bucks, because we screwed it up, yeah. got shot by the neighbors. Yeah. So that being said, negative in our opinion. Positive for the neighbors probably. Yeah, the neighbors are like, that guy's awesome. Yeah. So that won't be that way again. <laughs> um, my property, same type of deal. Thought it'd be smart to put some more food on the property. So we are gonna do it with corn and use the corn as structure um, to kind of shroud uh, some of the other plots. Now, that being said, realize here in Wisconsin that deer don't usually eat corn until after it started to dry out, okay? So, you know, they don't eat the, the stalks down, although we did have a little bit of that this year. Um, usually November. Yeah, yeah, late October, November. Yep. Um, we put these these corn plots in, and then we also made another half-acre plot that I called the shooting gallery, and that had brassicas, winter rye, and uh, corn in that. Used the corn to shroud the outside edges, <clears throat> but it was all closer to my tree line, so I have 72 acres. Well, what that did is it actually, instead of allowing the does to bed down in the goldenrod and edging of the tree lines and stuff. That pushed the does off into the, the in the woods a little bit further, which pushed the bucks bedding out over the top further. So that's an issue. Um, and I'm sure some of my neighbors shot some of the bucks because of that. As a matter of fact, I believe the number one buck that Mike and I were after got shot by my neighbors to the south of me um, because we screwed that up. So, that changes. <laughs> so food, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a bad deal all the way around. Too much, you know. Uh, you know, another thing too. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of people look at stuff they see on TV or uh, ads. Say, you know, this this food plot, and they show this food plot, and it's this big, knee high, lush. Yeah. Awesome. Um, spend five dollars and check your soil. Oh, yeah. And it, that is the biggest thing. You got. You gotta know your soil type. Yeah. And what you can plant in there. Yeah. First of all, um, and you know a lot of people want to put stuff in that they they're putting it in at the wrong time. 
That's a huge one. I've watched guys plant brassicas in the spring. How that work? Because they don't understand it. They don't understand how how brassicas are, what they are, how they work. You know, they're all excited come July and they hear this brassica plot looks yeah. awesome, and then of course it's dead by right. September. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah. When do we put our brassicas? Uh, late, well, mid mid August, early August at the at the earliest. Depends on when we're getting rain. It depends on our weather. Yeah. But. Yeah, you never put brassicas in until August here where we are in southern Wisconsin. And I can bury. You know, we even tested. We even tested my soil last year. Yeah. Um, did what we thought we had to do for it by testing it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, got got a torrential rain. Yeah. Um, that you know, my wife and I literally watched my field wash down, wash down our lawn. Yeah. You know, and people are, and it did. And, you know, we replanted. Yep. I had to replant half the corn, mm -hmm. uh, replant, replanted all three of those kill plots. Yep. Um, should have actually replanted all the corn. But, I mean, so that's stuff that puts you behind the eight ball again. Yes, right away. You know, and yep. now, now we're working with trying to get that soil back in there because it's, it's over there. Right. Gone down in the ditch. Well, we're going to have to, so, I mean, well, we, we have to assess yours totally again. Yep. So we're going to, you, you already did it on the campsite plot. Yeah. We brought some black yeah, we dirt. Black dirt. Yeah. But we're still, we got to do a test on the soil because you can have black dirt looks great. Doesn't mean it'll grow anything. Well, yeah. Or, what, or, or grow what the pH. Yeah, what the pH is is, is very important. Yes. So you can have great soil, looking soil, and all of a sudden your pH is all jacked off. And your plants can't take up the nutrients out of the soil because it's locked into the soil. So, that, guess what you need? You need to have, you know, yeah, you need to put lime on your stuff. And how much lime can be told to you when you do your soil samples? Yeah, you know, all this put is nitrogen important. back in. Well, right. You know, let's, whatever you take out, you got to put back in. When we put, this is one you guys will see us do, and we probably if you watched the stuff last year, you've seen it. Uh, Mike and I both ended up putting uh, urea back into the property, back onto the land, right on our brassicas, because brassicas are, are nitrogen hogs anyway. So sometimes you also have to realize that you have to rotate your crops. God, everything can't be the same food plot wise every year. So that starts to be a thing also, something to pay attention to. Um, we're not big bean advocates, number one, because the amount of deer we have on our property usually eat the beans down to nothing. Um, but we will look more into that this year about kind of rotating crops and things like that. I have an idea. What's that? I'm sure you do. I'll let you know later. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, a couple easy things though, really. Yeah. I mean, uh, food plots, and you know, um, you know, Carl's really good at food plot stuff. Um, I'm average, so I consider myself. You're pretty good. I, but you really got to put your time in them, um, you know, and see what some property or I just say soils. Soils like what they like. Yes. Um, and you might more be, I guess I could say, stuck with this is just what grows well here. Yes. Use it. That's you know, true. Don't try to to put in something that you've seen on TV. You know, look look at the climates that that's growing in. Yeah. Look at the times of year. Right. Um, can you keep can you keep animals out of it? What do you plant it? I don't think a lot of people think about birds, right? Turkeys, turkeys, and squirrels. 
Yeah. They eat all of that. You know, the, the other thing too is guys, do not buy these throw and grow brands. <laughs> I mean, you might get a little bit of green or something, you know, right off the bat and you're all excited. You know, a bag full of throw and grow by so-and-so, whatever. Hey, it's all you gotta do. Look, there's green stuff. Well, here, it's it's rye grass, yeah. which will grow on the frickin' moon. Right. <laughs> I got rye grass growing on my concrete. Right. <laughs> I don't, I, but I could. I had, I've had rye grow in the back of my pickup truck. That is true. Yes. It is. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, and then the other part of when you're buying seed, too, is, and you know, look at the seed when you pick it up. You know, the, on the back of the bag, there's, there's a thing there that says inert matter. So you can go buy really good seed. A lot of people like to oh, buy clovers or whatever. You know, and let's just say the rate for the clover, and I'm just going to throw this number out, is like 10 pounds an acre. So they pick up this bag, and the bag says net weight 10 pounds. They flip it around, and you read it, and it says pure seed, such and such percentage, and then it'll say inert matter. And if it says inert matter 35 or 40 percent, that means you're really only getting five pounds of, you know, six pounds yeah, of seed. About half the, yeah. A little over half a side of seed. Yeah. And inert matter, just so everybody's aware, is basically a coating sometimes, most of the time. Um, and what these companies are doing, number one, it gives it a pretty color so you can see it when you spread it out on your, on your plot. Right. Um, it's basically lime. Okay. So you put lime on there with the seed. Now, does that hurt it? No. But there's not a lot, not an, enough lime on that seed to actually make a big yeah. deal yeah. you know so so watch what you buy that's all i'm telling you yeah. you know um you there's you a lot of your seed fertilizer companies. percentages well yeah if you're fertilizing on top of that everybody sees the you know 10 10 10 right 10 not, 20 not, 20. so what you're saying like not all fertilizers are created yeah. equal yeah. right now yeah and, and i'm not a, I'm not a farmer really yeah but location where you gotta right learn how this stuff's right gonna now. work and it's expensive yeah it is very expensive. very expensive you know, I'll, I'll tell you, like you know, one thing that i did last year that i can't wait for i bought a seed drill and we are using a seed drill this year we used to broadcast everything we did and we spent a lot of money yes and a lot of money, a lot of money, <laughs> and a lot, a lot of time, yeah. and you know, you lose seed a lot. Yeah. You know, your percentages, I don't know what they are. I probably don't want to know what they are. You don't want But they're not good. No. Um, so. Especially you know, if you don't prep your seed bed correctly. Yeah. And you're, you're very reliant on everything around you. Yes. If you're broadcasting on top. And weather will kill you in that. Yeah. Like Mike said, now we didn't broadcast the corn, no, but it just, yeah. if you had broadcast, well, like you said, he had to redo all three of those those kill plots we put in, if, and we broadcast it on there. So we put down a certain amount of seed, which was not cheap, just so everybody is aware. Yeah. And that one rainstorm, everything washed out. So guess what? He just doubled his cost. Yeah. And then he doubled his cost because he's on, on top of that. Yeah, and time, and which then, we don't have time. Yeah, then, you, you know, you're back on the wheeler, yep. you're back on the tractor, it's... And you're running short on time And now. your time now is pushed off. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it really is, you know, and, like, we got this seed drill. Um, I think it's going to be a huge tool for us, a lot of time saving. Stuff's going to be drilled into the ground, yep. which I have done here. Yeah. And, boy, it does makes it work. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not saying everybody's got money to go buy a seed drill, but if you can... 
Yeah, that's how you do it. Cause you're gonna save your money in the long run. Yeah, especially if you, you yeah. know, especially if you if you have your own property and you're doing this every year. Yep. You know, it's worth the investment. Yep. I think. And and you don't have to go buy a brand new one. No. You know, I, I bought one, that, a built one. You know, yeah. most of the ones that you find, you're going to want like a four or five foot drill. Yeah. People build them. They make them out of bigger, you know, eight, 10, 12 foot drills. Right. They, you know, they take but it's a huge them. tool. Yep. Um, we like, we have a separate fertilizer box on the one we're going to use. Yeah. So we're going to fertilize right in. Yeah. When we're putting it's going to be right in the ground seed. with it. The yeah. seed is then safe also from... The birds, the birds, the frickin' turkeys. turkeys. You know, um, that's another big thing. You gotta watch for what is around you. Yeah. Um, you know, like you talked about the beans. We can't put beans in. No. Not unless we're gonna um, fence them. The only way I think we can do, we, here's what happened last time I put beans in on my property. So I put it in on a quarter acre food plot. Oh, uh, there's a few beans um, left. Because I didn't know any better, because some of my other places, the beans weren't great. And the deer ate everything that was that tall or taller. And I mean, kept it down to the frickin' dirt. So what did I do? I went in there early August, broadcast brassicas into it. And because it was all dirt, because I had sprayed it multiple times to the around the place, I had soil sitting there with the little bit of beans. The brassicas came up frickin' awesome. Mm -hmm. They used the nitrogen that the bean had put into the soil um, and I had an awesome growth that's the year that was my very first year that's the year I shot that nine pointer and sweeper because he the nine pointer was uh, CWD positive yep that would probably be the only way we could get beans to go is if we put like three or four acres in and then fence them yep a little electric fencing so you can count on that Probably not happening for us. We will mix them in with some of our brassicas for kind of a sweetener. Um, you know, not very many pounds. Into I've, a acre. I've done it with corn here too. That's a good idea. That's true. I, that I, did work. I planted beans right in with my corn uh, two years ago. So yeah. you know, because if you don't know, corn pulls everything out yeah. of the soil. Yeah. So which is why if you you watch, you know, big farms. They're always on a couple year rotation. Yes. Corn, corn, beans. Yep. Corn, corn, beans. Yep. Because the corn just, it pulls so much out. Yep. So, you know, I had the idea a couple years back, we put the beans right in with the corn. So, yep. and we put a lot right back in. And the good thing was they didn't touch those beans. Until Cause, they, Yeah, because they were inside the corn. Mm-hmm. Planted right down the rows of the corn. Yeah, because they weren't going into the corn yeah. in the summer. They didn't need yeah. to. There's all so much food everywhere right. else. Uh, for, from the neighbors' uh, farmers. Yeah. You know, so that that worked out well here. Yeah. And we might try that at my place. And right. I know Tom, my brother-in-law, does that. Mm-hmm. You know, he bats the beans right with the corn just like you did. Yep. And that works down there at his place, too. And he's got a lot of deer on that property, yeah. too. So we'll probably try that this year. But So I think, you know, what are a couple things? Test your soil. Yep. Um, look at your plant times of year. Yep, is another big one. Um, oh, I got one before we go any further too. I just thought of this. All your food plots. There isn't a food plot out there that's successful unless it has sunlight. Don't fool yourself by thinking you can put any culver or any food plot in a shaded area. So, like cleaning out a spot inside your wood line. <laughs> 
you know, in the woods, just to say like this year we want to put a kill plot on Mike's property. Well, we're going to figure out the location where we want it, and then we're going to cut the big trees out to the south of it. So when the sun is coming across, it's getting probably three to three, five hours yeah, of sunlight. Say three to four hours of sunlight. Yeah. And I guarantee if we put clover in that, it'll be big and it'll be lush if it's getting that because it's going to get that hot sun in the middle of the day, but it's not taking direct sunlight all day. Yeah. And the moisture, because it's off of this hill yeah. and the shade, it's going to get dew every morning and it's going to be a very successful food plot. Yeah. So those are the, you know, those are the main bullet points, if you want to say bullet points to look at. Yep. You know, soil type. Uh, Obviously, um, canopy, if yep. you're putting them inside. Yep. Uh, uh, food plot or a seed, I guess, type, like you yep. talked about, you know, what, how much is it really is usable and non-usable. Right, inert um, matter in your seed, good quality seed. Growing times a year, yep. which is big, I think a lot of people don't look at. You guys, just when Mike said that too, just so you guys know, you can look at any of the, the uh, food plot seeds or any seed, you can go and research it online. It'll give you a growth rate. Yep. So from start, yep. so plant time to maturity, because they got, what, 60-day corn, 90-day corn, 120-day yep. corn. And it, it, if you look to it, it'll give you, you know, geographic Location. locations of where you're growing that. Yeah. And it, look at it. No, no, it's very important. You know, um, you know, we didn't just learn how to do it. No. We had to, you know, research, study stuff, see what works, see what doesn't work. You know, and that, and that, again, you got to remember, it's not, doesn't mean it's going to work. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of variables in it, but it's, it's like, why are you putting food pot in at the, at the end is to hunt it. So yep. you're trying to put all the best variables in your favor before you do it. Right. Same as when you're hunting that stand. So I look at it that way with a food pot, invest your time before you spend your money. Yeah, number one thing about growing food plots, no weeds. Yeah, yeah, spray. If anybody tells you that, yeah, if anybody tells you that it's okay <clears throat> to have weeds in your food pot, they are very, they're lying to you. They'll destroy every, they'll choke corn out. Yeah, and if, you, if you're the type of guy who puts a camera on a food plot and you see the deer eating, I don't know, such and such weed, don't think that that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they're eating the weed because that time of year they eat anything that's green, mm -hmm. so. You know, if it has a lot of moisture content, deer are going to eat it. But in the long run, come fall, and all those weeds are dead and brown and nothing, and you've got very little usable food in that plot, guess what? You just screwed yourself. So it's important to yes. spray and, and, you know, do that type of stuff first, too. And educate yourself on that. Roundup. Is Roundup, Simazine is Simazine, 2,4-D is 2,4-D, and each yeah. one has its own uses. You make know. sure your spraying times are relevant to when you're going to plant. Correct. And make sure you're, like Carl said, you're spraying the right things, because if you spray the wrong thing there, you ain't planting anything there. Oh, no. You, if you spray so. Simazine, if you spray Simazine when you shouldn't be spraying Roundup, and then you plant immediately, guess what? Everything that you just planted is going to die, because Simazine is going to stay in the ground for four or six weeks. Yep. So... So it takes a lot of prep. Like I said, you know, do your research first. See what you want to do. If, like, and we said earlier, if you've had success with a certain type of seed in a plot, cool, it's cool. Use it. Yeah. You know, use it. So any, you know, we're we're a big thing on. You know, there's always beans and corn. 
Always beans and corn. So you know, we we use our corn more for structure, obviously, in late food. Yeah. But we like green plots. Yep. So that's what we want to hunt. I always say, you know, and, and that's something which probably green kills. So green during the right time of year is where you're going to make more kills. Whether you're shooting them directly on a kill plot or you're shooting them on transition to the kill plot, it's the green food plot that a lot of people do. And, you know, like we say, remember that that green plot is attracted to a deer. That's mm -hmm. different. There's always corn. Yep. Always beans. Yep. In Wisconsin. Always <laughs> corn. There's yep. always beans. So... Till late October. Yep. When it starts to come off. That's when you need to know. So, yep. So. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you get a chance, check us out on YouTube, right here at Rush Outdoors, Wisconsin. If you guys are listening on the podcast, subscribe to the channel. Or right-hand corner of the screen, hit the reaper. Appreciate you guys listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and RSS.com. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you. We made a great shot on him, and he didn't go go 50 yards I don't think. 30 maybe? North Dakota. We got another day yet. We're gonna get Mike his buck this afternoon. And we are gonna drink a few alcoholic beverages tonight. Thanks for watching the upset.